I was 13 years old, growing up in Toledo, Ohio, I had freckle face. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Freckle-faced, glasses, four eyes, and pretty much flat-chested. My best friend Susie, on the other hand, was the opposite of me. And not only was she the opposite of me, but she had three older sisters who were everything I wished I could ever be, wild, voluptuous. I idolized them. Well, Susie and I used to write notes to each other in class, like kids did before we could text. And the thing that I learned about writing notes is that if there's anything incriminating in them, you should either do your own laundry or empty your pockets before you put them in the laundry. Well, I did neither, which is why my parents sat me down with this crumpled up note and started reading it to me. But clearly, we all already knew what it said. There was no reason to read it, but they did anyway. <laughs> Dear Susie, I've been hanging out at the park by the creek after school, playing on the tire swing, and smoking so much pot every day that I don't even get high anymore. I just get tired. <laughs> that was the old days of smoking pot. <laughs> Susie wrote back on the same piece of paper, yeah, I know what you mean. I wrote back on the same piece of paper, how about, I'm thinking I'll, slip, I'll sneak out on Friday night and ride my bike to your house, we can hang out. Susie writes back on the same piece of paper, right on, let's do it. Which is why it ended up in my pocket, which is why I didn't end up going there on Friday night. <laughs> which is also why my parents were so relieved when Susie and her family moved to Florida shortly after that. <laughs> so I made it through high school and started college in Colorado. And at Christmas, I thought, I'm a grown-up now, I can make my own choices. And I decided I was going to go visit Susie in Florida. I went a little bit, uh, part of Christmas break, went to see her. She's living in Miami. She was dating this gorgeous Colombian guy. And when he was unavailable, she found it convenient to sleep with his father. <laughs> so I, in the midst of all this, I'm still freckle-faced, four-eyed, frumpy Ohio kid. I'm sitting on the beach by myself feeling there's a little bit of self-loathing going on, and this guy comes up to me and says, are you a model? I'm like, oh, bullshit. <laughs> and he said, no, no, really, I'm a modeling scout. I'm, I come to Miami Beach from New York, and I find new models. Well, there's a job. <laughs> so it turns out it was for real. I dropped out of college. I drove to New York, and he set me up with a photographer because I had no modeling experience, no pictures. And the photographer took some photos and I was really shocked at what can be done with makeup and hair and lights and cameras and all that stuff. And then he said, what you're gonna need to do though for your portfolio is take some pictures without clothes on. Well, I was pretty meek at the time. You're wondering what I did. I found, somehow, I found the strength in myself to say no, and I walked out, which put me right in the middle of New York City, not knowing where I was going and how to get to where I was supposed to meet the modeling scouts. I did find them that night for dinner, and they said the pictures looked good. Here, I'm thinking this is going to be the shortest modeling career in history. They asked if I had a place to stay the night, and I said, oh yeah, I got it covered, and it turned out to be the back seat of my car, because there was no way I could afford a hotel in, in New York City. I drove back home, and two weeks later they called and said, there's some agencies interested in you. So I hightailed it to New York. 
I met up with Eileen Ford, who was Ford Modeling Agency, and she said, yeah, you have some potential. I'm 5'7", she said, at 125 pounds, you need to lose 10 to 15 pounds, but you have some potential. And not only that, but you've spent a little bit too much time in the sun. You're going to need to use some protection for your skin. Well, this was the 80s, early 80s in New York, the days of Studio 54 and disco and uh, pretty wild times. I was hanging out with a woman who later became uh, one of Playboy Playmate Centerfold, an anniversary centerfold. You can, you can imagine what she looks like, or actually, you could probably even go find out what she looked like. <laughs> I was also hanging out with a guy who was, uh, he was Cosmopolitan Sexiest Man of the Year, and he... I'm not giving any names, but he later became a, a U.S. senator and is currently um, a Trump appointee ambassador to a small country in the South Pacific. <laughs> Go figure. Somewhere I went wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we, would, we would walk up to Studio 54 where there would be a long line of people waiting to get in, and we were allowed to just walk right in. Two things about that. One is we walked in because we couldn't afford a limo, a taxi, the subway, or a bus. We also, the idea about lines, we didn't wait in line, but we did a lot of lines. This was the days of cocaine, <laughs> free-flowing cocaine. I had a friend at the same time who had been in college with me that first freshman year, and he lived just outside of New York City. And I went up to visit him a couple of times, and he introduced me to his friends, and they, he introduced me as, this is Marsha, the model from New York, which is like putting a bubble around a person and, and creating this like Barbie doll image of somebody, which I didn't look like a Barbie doll. Most models even don't look like, most, most everybody in the world doesn't look like a Barbie doll. But it made it really difficult to have relationships, and it got in my head, like, who am I? It would have been better if he had introduced me as Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. At least I would have been some context. You could see the, the different age groups out here, sorry. Well, I went to a photographer one day, and he said, you know, you have facial feature structure, that's good, you have good eyes and hair, but you're overweight, your thighs are too big, you need to first lose the fat in your thighs, and then you need to lose some muscle. Now, if I hadn't been kind of crazed and coked up at the time, I would have thought, lose muscle in my legs? What, are you kidding me? But he wasn't. And shortly after that, Eileen Ford called me in and said, I, you're going to need to step on the scale. It was popped up to 129. Okay, maybe it was 131. But anyway, it was more than I was supposed to be at the time. I don't know what happened really the next couple weeks, but my friends Kate and Craig came and picked me up and gave me a ride back to Toledo. My parents welcomed me home. Somewhere on the trip, though, between New York and Ohio, in the middle of Pennsylvania, I was sitting in the back seat of the car, and I had a little bit of Coke left, my last little bit of Coke. I cut it into two pieces, half for me, half for Kate and Craig. I cut up Kate and Craig's with whatever you cut Coke with, so that it would look like we had the same amount. And at that moment, I had this inkling that there is something seriously wrong with my heart and soul. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I went back home, and over the next six months, I waited tables at Denny's, which was some real incentive to find a life. And with the love of my parents and my friends, I, I started kind of regaining my Ohio self, which suddenly became okay. 
I went to Santa Cruz for college, which is a great place to go if you just, if you want to go somewhere where anything goes, you can look like anything, it would be fine. Well, today, I still step on the scale, and I cringe sometimes when I step on the scale. It doesn't really matter what the number is. I look in the mirror, and I see wrinkles on my face, and I think, one, I lean forward was right. Two, I want to blame it on my daughters, because they were all three teenagers at the same time, but that's hardly fair. <laughs> you know what it's really from is having really fantastic, fun adventures, and a lot of it outdoors. Like about a month ago, I rode my very first 100 miles on a bicycle in a day in the fireweed, 100. <laughs> the thing about the fireweed was it was only 97.2 miles. And I really, truly, I'm not competitive except for with myself. I rode up and down the airstrip at Sheep Mountain till I hit 100. <laughs> so my modeling career didn't get me anywhere, but I have these thighs get me all over the place. And to that, I say ride on and thank you.